Dance, Scott. Barely a week ago, I heard you rail for two hours about independence. And? Mr. Hardwick, how many times have I heard you speak of freedom at my father's table? Half the men in this church, including you, Father, and you, Reverend, are as ardent patriots as I. Stop at only words. Is that the sort of men you are? I ask only that you act upon the beliefs of which you have so strongly spoken and in which you so strongly believe. Hello, Patriots. Here we are another week. I'm Brian Mendozen, and we have a guest host today. Dave Agemont is gone out in Africa hunting some wild game. He should be back this week. He's over there with his grandchildren. It's crazy as the nine and eleven, and they're they're hunting with their grandpa. This is insane. <laughs> and I've seen the stuff he shoots and the guns he's shooting, but they those kids know how to shoot a gun. But welcome me here is. Joseph, Philip Joseph from Berry County. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy being on here with you. Yeah. So, election has passed us. You ran against Rochelle Smith. So tell me, just tell your experience a little bit on what yeah. you did and how, if you enjoyed it, like what what were you expecting? Maybe it wasn't up to expectation or maybe you think it was a whole different animal than what it truly came out to be. Yeah, so it was Rochelle Smith and Lindsey Cronemeyer, and uh, they both ran a really good race. Um, you know, for me, it was a reality check, in a good way. Um, I was running on a very naive, idealistic mindset of my message will be heard from the rooftops, and I'm going to sure. work really hard, and I can do this, and it's just not reality. And people told me that from the start, but... Um, I just felt called to run the race that way. And, uh, you know, it was a big learning curve. I learned a lot. I mean, I could genuinely probably be a campaign manager at this point just cause I had to learn everything. Sure. Um, and I didn't do it on my own, of course, but, um, you know, I got whooped pretty bad and it was, it was good. I think it was a very positive experience. And the biggest thing for me in my race is I feel like it was a pretty clean race. You know, it was competitive, oh, yeah. Yeah. but I don't hate. Rochelle, I don't hate Lindsay. There, there was another guy as well, Nevin Cooper Keel, but I'm not sure he campaigned really at all. I don't um, really hear nothing about him. Yeah, and uh, but it was it was a clean race in the sense that I don't hate anybody. We didn't necessarily have any personal attacks or anything like that. And you know, I'm going to support Rochelle going forward. She's going to be my representative, and uh, I'm excited for her. But it was definitely a, a big learning experience that I'm grateful for. So I assume it's probably the same for you. Yeah. So Roger Victory, ten term, I say ten term, ten years. He was three three term state rep and then first term senator. So big name. Mm-hmm. He's got the accolades. People respect him. For what? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out yet. Well, well you know what? The, <laughs> you know what they I figured out is it's almost a science running a campaign. It, it's a business almost. Yeah. And, and there's a way of doing it. Name ID definitely helps. Yeah, name is huge. Um, but it's the business of creating your name. Right? right. Do you have the money? Do you have the volunteers? Do you have the game plan to execute effectively? And that's the key word, effectively. Yep. 
I think I did a great job. I just wasn't effective enough. You right. Know? <laughs> so and we've had we've had that discussion. You know, is it is it mailers? Is it door knocking? Is it the money? You know, it's probably a various of everything. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And each race, each demographic is probably a little different for sure. But I, ha- I, from my experience and what I understand today, likely to change is it's all of it combined. Um, and if you if you miss on some of them, well, then the variables change drastically. Well, variables are big because state senator versus state rep yeah. population is huge. I'm at two ninety thousand in my district. You're at what? I think it was 90,000. 90, I think so as a population. So a huge yeah. You know, knocking on 8,000 doors myself in my campaign would have benefited you greatly mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in my race, um the target was always 15,000 to get to that 30,000 vote threshold, which actually was 20. You know, I got mm-hmm. my 8,000 doors, I got my 16,000 votes. So <laughs> it's crazy, but when you have more than one people telling you the same number, it's it's evident that that was the number. And I, I started way too late. It was there for the taking. He, he was vulnerable. You and I have, both have seen Roger. He was definitely fueling the fire towards the end there. And I did feel momentum going in, but it was just too late. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, It's like, I mean, he, obviously he has a ton of experience. Yeah. Um, and I would argue that Rochelle had phenomenal support in putting together her camp campaign from people like Dave Ajima, for example. Sure. Um, and they did a great job. They had it down to a T and it, it showed in the results, right? Um, I, <laughs> it's hard to be bitter or mad. No. Um, and I'm not, but you know, at first you, you get probably a little upset. I'm disappointed because yeah. in my mind I could have hit more doors. Right. So right. you always go back and you're like, <laughs> Man, why'd I wait till April to start knocking on doors? You know, it, it could have been January after I filed my last. It was the last week to file my affidavit to run. Mm-hmm. It should have been that next week. I could mm-hmm. have been hitting doors. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that you could do differently. Oh yeah, but that's why you know for next time. Right. And, and the experience is invaluable. So. But what do you? How do you explain? So Mick Bricker loses in our district, Ottawa County North and West, up into Muskegon. He's Trump endorsed. He loses to a rhino, Van Workham. But then Gibbs wins over Meyer. It's like, it's really strange how some of these local races, even though they're Trump endorsed, they're not, you know, they're not winning. My take from the very start was the Trump endorsement didn't really carry that much weight. I, I still believe that and I'll stand by that. Even with the Tudor Dixon campaign, I think that really, personally, I think it upset a lot of people with, him doing that at the last second. That's just what I experienced. Um, but I don't, th- I don't think it had so much to do with the Trump endorsement. I think that's more of an icing on top of the cake. And I think they chose people who they knew were going to win. Obviously Bricker didn't, but I think like Gibbs was his to lose from the start. He could have right. been literally nobody. I personally haven't met one person conservative that liked or was going to vote for Meyer. In fact, right. in my district who is, Meyer's current district, when people found out that he wasn't in our district, they were upset. They like they wanted to vote against him. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I wish I had a Gibbs sign in my yard. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I got Heisinger instead. So people genuinely, like, and traditionally speaking, Meyer had enough money to be in there for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, look at Pelosi. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. He messed up so bad that he couldn't do that. He had enough money. He was in there. He was the incumbent. He had a household name in Michigan. Yeah, and he's got an 80-something percent conservative rating as far as what he's voting on. Oh, yeah. But the big issue was is the day after yep. January 6th, he votes to impeach Trump, That's and right. that did him in. Yep. Uh, from the start. That's amazing. Yeah. You're, you're brandling, newly elected. You got two years, and you make that mistake. Right. Yeah, that that's huge. In, in Barry County, we censored him over that, the GOP yeah, in there. And, I remember uh, that. And I remember him coming on there and he didn't seem to care at all. No. To be honest. He was like kind of giving that smirk and gave his reasoning and didn't show up in person, of course. It was in Zoom. And- no, but at least I have respect for him sticking to his guns. Because sure. if you say what you're gonna do and you do what you're gonna say, all the respect in the world. Doesn't sure. mean I have to like it. And you obviously did something wrong. But, but at the same time, if you can't reflect, I agree with you. But what I find that irritates me so much is politicians can never admit when they've done something wrong. They always right. double down. Right. Always. And that's one of the biggest problems with our laws. If they create something that's bad, but their name's on it and they sponsored it, well, if they admit that it's wrong, that, that could be bad news. So right. instead of correcting it because that's what's best... They would rather double down on it and create yeah. <laughs> massive implications. Yep. So, yes, I, I like that. I guess he stood by what he said. At the same time, you, you have to be able to admit mis- uh, mistakes. I yeah, and it, but if he doesn't believe it was a mistake, yeah, well, that's you're that's not going to really change his mind, right? Anyway, I mean, it's like this new seven. What was it? That bill that Congress just passed, the Inf- Inflation Recovery Act. Yeah. Like you're spending more money. Does not reduce inflation. Like, are these people that stupid? It's. I don't. I don't understand it. I know it's hard Dem- for me to even wrap my head around it. Well, I do know Democrats are good at creating a mess, and then trying to throw money at it, trying to correct it, creating another mess, even bigger. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they do all the time. Really, most politicians, not just Democrats. Well, part of my campaign talk was like government's the problem, not the solution. Right. And the paradigm is the government usually comes in either up front or in behind the scenes and they create a problem. And then they're like, oh my gosh, look at this massive problem. We need to do something about that. And I'm like, wait a minute, you guys are the problem. The solution would be to get out of our lives or whatever it is. Like what's, for example, the whole shutdown. They destroyed our economy. What did they do? Oh, we need stimulus checks. Boom, 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 boom. And they created massive inflation. Right. Hold on. You guys did this all from the start. What are you talking about? Just get out of our lives. Um, and I, you just see that in all the time, the healthcare industry, all these industries, yep. government got involved. Wow, look at this major problem. We need to do something about it. Yeah, leave us alone. Right. And what was great with Ottawa County in our election was auto impact was huge. Putting together an organization, grassroots fed, finding individuals that have a desire to keep freedoms. And I mean, these are moms and dads of schools and business owners, business owners that have been wreaked havoc on by this administration, by our county health director shutting us down and all the mass mandates. And then commissioners coming out and saying they had nothing they could do about it, which is absolutely mm-hmm. false. County commissioners hold the purse to the county. They direct policy. They pay. They hire. In a point. They can fire just as quickly as they could hire someone. 
So, yeah, we had great. We got 11 commissioners. Nine have been replaced. There was only one re-election to one of them. So that has been awesome. What I think attributed to the Ottawa Impact success, too, is it was able to work without all the red tape and the baggage and the bureaucracy that the GOP has. And, you know, because in theory, the, the county parties are there to help identify, vet, and support good candidates. But it's almost like it's almost been infiltrated by mediocrity. I don't know what else to say, but why isn't it happening? Why did it take an outside group to come and do that and see how effective they were? Well, GOP was not behind this. Well, but that's my point. Yeah, but that's, that's how bad the GOP is. Like we we can't even be represented with you guys because you guys are so corrupt. Whatever the case may be, I don't. We're yeah, and our I don't, own entity here. Yeah, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because those commissioners were statutory members on the GOP, and there's a conflict of interest. I don't know, but for whatever reason, and I've seen it all over the state. Uh, entities like Ottawa Impact, small groups. Patriot groups springing up and being more effective than the GOP and what the GOP is supposed to do. And what I kept preaching, at least in my county, was I would like to see you guys dissolve into the GOP because what these guys are doing a lot of times is what the GOP is supposed to be doing. They're doing the work. They're doing all the the knocking and the fundraising and the education, and that's what the GOP is designed to do, but they're not doing that. At right. Least well, in, part at least of that is to, to have control, though. Yeah, well... That's why they haven't been pushing precinct delegates for years and years and years. And finally, in Ottawa County, we have over 150 new precinct delegates in our county. Yeah. That is insane. Unprecedented. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same in Barry County. We have over 120 new ones, I think, which is... And how many delegates do you guys have in Ottawa total? I don't know what the availability is on how many... But I know we're still short, if really? that tells even, you anything. Yeah, wow, even now. Yes. Because <laughs> even before all this, it was 50% of the entire state Yeah, I think it was had even less than openings. That. Or more than that, yeah. I think it was only 30% of slots were filled. It was, it was just an astronomical yeah. number. So depending on where you live and who's involved mm-hmm. and want to get involved, mm-hmm. you know, and we have some great patriots here that mm-hmm. said, hey, we're going to take this on. Without GOP backing, mm-hmm. we're going to pursue getting Patriot-style precinct delegates in this group to help control the state and who we're bringing in for attorney generals and right. the secretary of state and all these people it, that we vote on. It literally starts there at the precinct delegate. Yeah. And it has to. And, um, you know, we have state convention. Or, well, we have county convention this, this week. Thursday. But state convention later this week, and of course there's rumors and talks. Are they going to try to push the perno out and all this stuff um, for Leonard or whoever else? And so it's pretty important to get the right people in there right. to support him. And Well, here's the problem. So Democrats have been doing this endorsement convention, right, mm-hmm. for years. doesn't even count. Right. Because on the law, county conventions are later in the year. Mm-hmm. So Ottawa, so the Republicans is August. Correct. So that's on the books by law. Mm-hmm. That's the one that counts. Mm-hmm. So this endorsement convention means absolutely nothing. The difference is, is you can still overturn an elected position, but you need 
right. of the vote to overturn it. Now, right. that doesn't mean it can't happen, but, man, that's a huge number to try to get it passed. Well, especially with this new wave of delegates. I mean, yeah. if they couldn't do it before, I cannot even imagine no, it happening now. because new delegates coming in would be all for DiPerno and right. Karamo anyway. Right. Um, Karamo, she's fine. Mm-hmm. She's not going to even be contested. Yeah. But I could see them trying with DiPerno because with... He's under the news lately. Mm-hmm. Even today, a hit piece came out. News, news, Wood TV with put my it out sheriff. with Darleaf yep. and that's my sheriff and taking the funny. tabulators and stuff like that. So that's very interesting. And to me, it's just so bizarre that a lot of this is so unnecessary, like the election integrity. And what I've told so many people is, let's pretend that the race was completely clean. There wasn't an ounce of fraud, but that the voter confidence is in the dumps. Okay. We still should open everything up and still show everybody and still be transparent and investigate or whatever we have to do, because the most important thing is voter confidence. Because if we don't have voter integrity, we don't have a voice. If we don't have a voice, we don't have a Republic, a representative Republic. And after that, traditionally speaking, or historically speaking, it, it turns to violence. Right. So it's, it is of utmost importance to restore voter confidence at the very least and at the very most ensure election integrity. And I cannot believe that people are fighting this. This is not a partisan issue. No. And the other sad part is the amount of people that are voting. Yeah. So Ottawa County, we have registered 230,000 registration votes, right? Ballots cast was seventy eight thousand. Yeah, that's thirty four percent. And do you know how do you that? change people's mind to get them saying, "Dude, the primaries are one of the most important races because you're putting that person up against the Democrat." Mm-hmm. So you better have the right person, right? And this is a whole argument about Tudor Dixon now in the Republican Party going up against Whitmer. Well, how do we even get here? <laughs> Well, my first question, historically, is that average? Yeah, because even in the last midterm, I checked, only 40. So in the Senate race, we had 48,000 votes this year. 2018, we had 40,000 votes. Wow. So it actually increased, but our registered voters also increased from four years ago. So... In my opinion, the, the real answer has to be a culture change at the youth level. It has to be something that we preach to the, the youth saying, hey, this is a way of life. It's a sacred way of life for an American to vote. It's just what you do. It's not really an option um, as an American. And, of course, you can't force anything like that. But it needs to be driven into us culturally, and I don't think it is. In fact, I would almost argue that it's the opposite of that. But if you have people that are not voting in a primary, they're basically saying, we don't care. Oh, yeah. And they, they feel like nothing affects them personally anyway. Right. So right. what does it matter that, that I vote? Right. But then come November, oh, now it's important, right? Just high profile. Because in yeah. 2020 in Ottawa County, 166,000 voted. Compared to the 48,000. Compared to the 48,000. Wow. So in just four months, you have 300% increase in voting. Like, So what, what does it matter that it's governor versus a primary? I don't get, I don't get it. I don't know. 
I, I, I don't have that answer either. Because <laughs> you wonder why we lose half the time in November because people aren't paying attention in August to put the right candidate forward. Mm-hmm. That's how we ended up with Bill Schuette. He was not the right candidate. Yep. And that's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, the science of winning a campaign and understanding the primary turnout versus the general turnout and how to win that. You know, it changes everything. And the word that I push a lot of the times is effectiveness. It doesn't matter if you're the best candidate doesn't matter if you're the best politician. If you're not effective in getting in and winning and doing what you, accomplishing what you need to do, it doesn't matter. And for me personally, I understand that. I need to be more effective. I, I don't know how you get more people to turn out, but what, what you, we do is what we can do in our circle of influence of reaching those people. I, I, it's not really an answer, but that's where I'm at. I mean, I talked to a guy today. I'm in construction and I'm looking at this house this guy's buying and he's got some remodeling he wants to do and he tells me he's, he didn't vote but yet he's conservative right right and he's like saying that yeah stuff's got to change and but you're not voting voting makes the change I know. so i understand that if you feel like your vote's been undermined because of 2020 i completely understand that but you still got to at least try. Yeah, because you just, it's essentially saying, I accept it. I'm rolling over. It is what it is. Right. You take no And now you're going to get beat up because mm-hmm. we're going to have Democrats running this joint for however long if mm-hmm. it keeps going. So then you're okay with that because we know what happens when liberals run things. And they'll say, no, I'm not okay with that. But by your actions, you say that you are. Yes, absolutely. This is very, very disheartening. I know. I know it's that was bizarre to me to see the results, not not so much how they turned out, but how many turned out, you know, with, with right. The, the turnout. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at that number like even when I was preparing to run, looking back on 2018, saying 40,000 people voted yeah. like we've got 230,000 registered voters. And in one Senate race, I didn't see what the ballots cast were back in 2018, but 78,000 out of 230,000, that is a whole lot of ignorant electorate, if you ask me. Definitely. Um, A lot of people just don't care or have taken the time to care. And I'm sure on the campaign trail, you have met a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And that's a small fraction. (laughs) A small fraction. And it, it seemed, though... Out of the 8,000, that most were at least informed to yep. some degree. Receptive to it. Yeah. Obviously, with the redistricting, some, you know, being south in Allegan County, some didn't know the lines had changed. Yeah. So, does that matter? No. But they're going to go to the bowling, polling place and have two names on the ballot. They don't yeah. have no clue on who right. it is. Right. They may have heard Roger just because he's been... In right. there 10 years. So it's like you're going in, you're flipping a coin. Like, this is how we're choosing people to run. Yeah. In fact, my father in law, he said most of his life that's how he voted. He just went in, if he even voted, and he just chose one. He just guessed. And uh, I think there's more people than we think that do that. And I, I argued that this was a different election than most. Oh, yeah. And even that being said, how much different was it? 
as far as the turnout, you know? Right. So. And it really wasn't. I mean, we gained 8,000 votes this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. When we think it's a critical yeah. critical year, we only <laughs> yeah. gain 8,000. But Ottawa had a ton of success on the county level. And yeah. I think that's where it starts. Yeah. So we can focus on commissioners are done. We can keep Ottawa County mm-hmm. now hopefully more free. And hopefully, because I, I don't see Tudor Dixon beating Whitmer. Yeah. I just don't see it. Honestly, I didn't think she had a chance. I thought it was between Saldano and, and Kelly the whole time. That was my opinion. Um, and maybe I was misinformed being on the west side where they're from because I talked to a lot of people. And I maybe talked to three people total and uh, knocking on thousands of doors, talking to people. I, I, you know, A lot of people will talk and tell me who they were leaning towards. I've heard maybe three people say they were leaning towards Tudor. I so, didn't hear not one. That's what I'm saying. It's amazing to me. The res- I was blown away, absolutely blown away. So here's my thought on that, and I shared this on Facebook because people are now all tizzied up because, oh, Tudor Dixon establishment, now we have the constitutional U.S. taxpayer party that has Brandenburg, she's on the ticket, and I'm saying, well, you're just going to take votes now away from Tudor, you're going to end up with Whitmer. Right. And, And I said, I can test that if Tudor Dixon... Kelly, Soldano, Reban, all those were with still Mike Brown, Perry Johnson, Brandenburg. If they were all on a ticket, if you had the 10 mm. candidates, yeah. Kelly or Soldano wins. Yeah. Because they had the strongest following. Now you have a 10 player pool. Right. And you need a minority of percentage. I mean, Tudor won a pretty big... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the likes of going to a Perry Johnson, Brandenburg, yeah. she wouldn't have got that many votes is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it would have opened the door for Kelly or Saldano. And I, I didn't study the governor's race too much just because I was so focused on mine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is interesting. Um, you know, I think we have a duty to support her and help her defeat Whitmer. Uh, I'll be curious to see how Brandenburg moves forward. I really don't want her to run and pull votes away from... Dixon. My, I said Tudor needs to pick her as lieutenant governor. I then thinking, at least Donna could hold Tudor accountable being part of the establishment. If she's that conservative or if she's yeah. that constitutional that she's saying she is. I personally would rather see Kelly or Saldano be a lieutenant governor instead, personally speaking. Well, um, she's on the she's on the ballot. Brandenburg. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're already I, I there. What you're saying. Yeah, I just it makes me wonder well, the real motives of Donna. Yeah. Um, why are you doing this? I think she's she's upset. She's got screwed. Of, well, sure, and I, I can understand that. Yeah, but, I mean, look at everybody else. Yeah. Perry Johnson, Mike yeah. Brown, I'm there. But these races are never about an individual. No. It's about the big picture. Right. It's about accomplishing something yep. and being united. And when I see that, I get frustrated sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they're going to mess up the possibility of us removing Whitmer that's a big deal it's not something to be taken lightly right so you have a chance now she should get behind Dixon and support her she's got a lot of support she's got a lot of money she there are a win. ton of people I know that are not voting Tudor no matter who it is that's fine and that's their prerogative but I'm saying Donna Brandenburg really should help Tudor win she should be part of her right. team and win because the overall goal is not about Dixon and it's not about Brandenburg it's about us accomplishing our goals as a state. 
And there are too many though that view Tudor and Whitmer in the same camp. Yeah. I w- I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, I I wouldn't either. Um, personally, but I don't know anything about Dixon. I didn't think she had a chance. No, I mean, she's been from Norton Shores, West Michigan, and I. Yeah. Her We're, dad owned a steel company. I mean, yeah. she's in my backyard, and I didn't even know who she was. Right. Let alone hardly seeing any signs out on this. Right. In people's yards. So that was crazy. We we uh you know Barry County we we invited her to come be a part of our Barry, uh, Barry County Lincoln Day dinner. We haven't had it yet, so I'm hoping she comes oh. and we can listen to her. I've had one on one conversation with her. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. And like any buddy running, they give you mm-hmm. answers you want to hear. You know, there was a big because she's a woman, not because you're sexist or anything, but because she has small children, people are like, well, we feel like the mother should be in the home and things of that nature, which I don't disagree with because I think a lot of these problems that we have in America are because women are in the workforce and not being home taking care of their family. Um, So I would lean towards that. Um, And I guess it depends how old the children are, obviously the younger, but that's one reason why I'm running... Or ran because now my children are 13, mm-hmm. my oldest is 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little different if they're 13 down yeah. to six, you know. Yeah, what's your capacity? What There's, season of life are you in that correct. you're able to, to uh, without sacrificing your own family, really? Right. Um, yeah, that's a big deal. You know, the, there was a narrative, and it started way back, I'm sure a long time ago, but I saw it, especially at the last state convention, was, well, uh, Leonard can beat Nestle. You know, you got to vote for him, if anything else, just because he can beat him to Perno County. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a trick used to convince people to compromise who they believe in. Right. To vote for someone they don't yep. believe in. And uh, I think people need to be aware of that. And that's the whole point of a primary, is to vote for who you believe in. Right. You know, don't buy into all the other narratives and all the other things. Believe in somebody, vote for them, and support them. And then the other guy on the ticket, or gal, whatever really should get behind that candidate who wins and help them help them win. Like, I lost to Smith. I intend to help her win the race, whether it's just me telling other people, whether it's me voting for her. But that's our goal, because it's not about me. It's about something bigger than ourselves. But that's been the Republican narrative for years. I know. I had a conversation with Luke Meerman, Brad Slaw, running for office. Well, we need somebody that can win. And I'm like, that's the wrong attitude. We need somebody that's principled. And then you make sure they win. And then you get behind them. Yeah, right. Well, we have to start somewhere. We at least have to get them in. And well, how has that turned out for you now? <laughs> exactly. So, like, we always get the same stuff. Here's what's exciting: is in Ottawa County, you had the GOP mindset, then you had like the Ottawa Impact mindset. Correct. Look at the success of the Ottawa Impact. Yes. Why can't we do that on a bigger scale? And now we'll see it come to fruition. Right. Exactly. So it's been a facade. Just like you know, they always have these sayings like we we want women's rights no you want to murder babies that's what you want you know same thing they said we want states rights no you want slavery you know right. they always have these things that they say uh, or abortion no it's murder you know it's they come up with these slick words and things to say and it's tricking people it's manipulative and you need to be able to see past that and we need people to people to call it out for what it is right and uh that's one of them right there well they can win no, you wanted the compromise is what it is. And I feel like we're we are winning. Yeah. yeah. We've had the Supreme Court ruling. Mm-hmm. Now we've got little victories here yep. in 
our county here and in your county, it sounds like you got a bunch of precinct delegates new yep. that are coming in. Yep. So I feel like there's a sense of maybe that it's turning the tide and hopefully we can keep that momentum right. going because with Trump, we know what the pushback looks like. It's find every single piece of dirt under a rock that's possible and right. make false accusations till you're blue in the face. And typically, actually what you see too is they'll blame you for exactly what they do or what they did. Oh, right. That's a common practice. Yes. Um, and the biggest thing is as long as the ends justify the means, they'll do anything. Oh, right. Anything at all. Oh, yeah. That's what's kind of scary. But we're called to serve as prince, you know, with principles and morals. Yep. Regardless. Sorry about that. Well, I, that's the difference between somebody that's conservative and liberal. Right. We have a moral compass. That's why there's so much, they say, infighting. And mm-hmm. uh, there's always infighting in the Republican Party. Like, there's infighting in the Democrat Party, too. But when push comes to shove, they get together because there is no morals over there. They could care less what you stand for. It could just be a power grab here and there, but everything goes. Right. So right. whoever the right guy is, might. he could be a murderer for all. Okay, well, he's a Democrat. We're going to vote for him. Just like George Floyd was a hero. Right. <laughs> so there, there is no morals. No. We're on our side. We do. So we fight with those differences of... How is, to execute those morals and principles. Is he the right candidate? Mm-hmm. You know, how's his background? What's he doing? What's What has he done in the community? Yeah. It's a huge difference. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, Tudor's obviously won the primary. Whether you like her or not, do you want Whitmer for another four years? That's what I'm that's saying. That's the end of the tick. That's the end of the stick right there. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not a it's not a good one. No. We need to get her out at all costs. Not at all costs, but we, we need to unite and we need to get her out. And I'm afraid that people forgot what she has done. Right. And it's that's kind of scary. Well, it's more, I think, in the liberal camp where six months goes by and then, oh, that, that's, all, that's old news. Where if you're conservative and involved like myself and you, like we're in this. We see this. Yeah. We see what's happened. It's on our fresh on our mind. It's not going to go away. But even your business is getting shut down. Your personal freedoms taken away. Mm-hmm. You know all that stuff that happened to you. Have you forgotten about that? You yeah. know, was that ever acceptable? Maybe they accepted it from the start. I don't know. But well, and then you got other organizations like Right to Life, hmm. and you heard about all. They're just now a big old political machine. Yeah, and it's so too bad. I got a vid. I got a soundbite here from Steve Cara. We're gonna play oh, this. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. A savings clause that protects the existing law. It says that it does not repeal or amend explicitly or by implication MCL 750.14, which is that theoretical abortion ban, or any other abortion laws in the state of Michigan. It was safeguarded. It was firewalled. But Right to Life in Michigan continued to spread misinformation that the Harpy Bill could or even would legalize abortion prior to the detection of a heartbeat. That was abundantly egregious. That was absolutely misinformation. And when they were working on their dismemberment petition drive, they not only went around the state advocating for how to get a petition drive done, but they went around the state telling people the misinformation about the heartbeat bill, scaring them that it would legalize abortion prior to a heartbeat if Roe versus Wade was to fall and that we should just use our existing law. 
which we know is in great peril and up to the courts. And with the court that we have currently, we have no reason to believe that it will be fully enforced. We hope that it will, and it could, but there is absolutely no guarantee. And it was written into the Harkey Bill to guarantee that it would not compromise existing law. And their dismemberment ban that they were working on on their petition drive, they put good pro-life savings clauses in as well to protect the existing law, which they should have. But for them to make the argument that the heartbeat bill would compromise the existing law or could compromise the existing law, but that their dismemberment ban wouldn't, by banning one procedure, could that be construed to say that all the other procedures should be legal? Just the same as by saying heartbeat on could be construed to say that it was legalizing prior to heartbeat. But when you put the savings clause in to say it is not doing that, it is abundantly clear. So that misinformation that they created created tension and so division within the pro-life community. We could have been working together, united on the front to ban dismemberment abortions and to ban abortions once a heartbeat can be detected. To have a strong pro-life legislation in the 21st century that is not as likely to be found draconian or archaic or to have issues with court interpretations. We could have done that, but we failed in that op opportunity as, as Right to Life was continuing to cause those issues. I went to Barbara Listing and talked to her about the concerns that I had a few years ago. I told her I didn't like their endorsement policy where they automatically endorse an incumbent if they're pro-life and don't consider anybody else. And she told me, Steve, once you're an elected official someday, you'll like our policy then. I told her, I said, with all due respect, Mrs. Listing, it may well work out for me well by that point, but it still won't make it right. And here we are today. When I ran for state representative in 2020, it was a five-way primary. Right to Life of Michigan endorsed one candidate in the primary. One candidate. That candidate got fourth place out of five. After that candidate got fourth place, Right to Life of Michigan endorsed a different candidate in the general election. I won. I was ready to defeat the Democrat, and I was ready to defeat Planned Parenthood. But Right to Life of Michigan took it upon themselves to mount a writing campaign and endorse the candidate who got second place in my race as a writing candidate. So I was up against the guy who got second in my primary and right to life of Michigan while having to defeat Planned Parenthood, the radical left, and my Democrat opponent. That did not make it easy for me to win my race. We had to fight. I wanted to work to help get good Republicans across the finish line in swing districts around the state because I have a more conservative district. But instead, I had to focus at home to clear up that confusion, to stop that misrepresentation from percolating in my community. And we won, and we won decisively. Well, here we are, and as many of you know, I led the nation's second largest amicus brief in support of the Dobbs case that took down Roe versus Wade. 320 state legislators from 35 states signed on to that amicus brief. I played a role in the fall of Roe versus Wade. And what happened? I'm seeking re-election. I had my primary. I reached out to Right to Life. And I said, I'm the incumbent now, of course. I'm seeking your endorsement for re-election. I would like to be considered from the pro-life community for my pro-life accolades and all the work that I've done for the unborn. They responded and told me that they would not even consider me. They were not sending me the questionnaire. Their policy is to automatically endorse the incumbent if they're pro-life and fill out a perfect questionnaire, and that they will not consider anybody else if they have a perfect 100% voting record. They violated their own bylaws. 
They did not even consider me. They did not send me that questionnaire. They did not send that to me. I am the national leader out of the 110 state representatives and 38 state senators in the state of Michigan. I am the pro-life champion. There's a reason Students for Life of America endorsed me, the only incumbent they endorsed in Michigan. There's a reason they endorsed me, because they know I'm a pro-life champion. They gave six awards throughout the nation, the pro-life champion awards, six throughout the nation. I was one of those six. Isn't that something? That's just crazy. That is, it's insanity. I don't, like, what happened? What Here's a Christian organization, conservative out of a county. They're obviously headquartered in Kent County. And even then, when I was running, seeing the endorsements, I never got anything. I called down there, Kent County. Yeah. And, oh, Corey, I think his name was Corey. He's in charge of that. She forwards me on to the voicemail. Never get a call back. Hmm. It just seems counterintuitive to their mission. Everything about it. But it's political now. I, that's what I'm saying. You can see it now, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So oh. Tudor Dixon gets, gets endorsed by Trump. DeVos has put all their money mm-hmm. behind her. And then you have Right to Life, right to life endorser. Mm-hmm. But so Right you, to Life was before the Trump. Yes. Yeah. But it went DeVos, Right to Life, then Trump. Yeah. So you can't tell me that's not political. Oh, 100%. 100% it was. Um, you know, but what, that just blew my mind. <laughs> Here he is, the incumbent. He's won. He's proven right. of all the stuff he's done for pro-life. And you still can't get behind him? Which still, even if he wasn't, it's still wrong what they're doing. Is your job not to pick pro-life candidates and vet people? Right. That, shouldn't that be your only goal is to vet people so they know? Right. But Republican, you are pro-life. Like, that's your main stance. Supposedly. Suppose, right? And they're supposed to be another side of that that really vets them and makes sure of that. I, at least my mindset. Because like, you have a lot of people who run as Republicans who may not really be. Right. And that's this is like a secondary vetting thing. But, but I can tell you with my family, I've got four kids of my own. <laughs> pretty much pro-life here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that, that is just like, how do you, like, what do you do going forward with Right to Life? You don't. And Dave Agema said this for years. He hasn't donated them in 15 years. He's like, even back then, he knew they were turning to just. That's too bad. I don't know how that even happens. Uh, something's got to change. Yeah, so you. It's like the GOP, right? You're donating to what you think is a good cause. You have all these laws and bylaws, and then you find out it's yeah, it's, it's opposite. Yeah, it's, it's turned into a machine. Yep. It's it's not what it's meant for. Hmm. Yeah, I was shocked when I had seen that. I, I heard about it. That was the first time I heard it and the the story. I'm just you know, there's a lot of good people in Right to Life, and I'm curious what they are being fed or what they've heard or what they've seen. Um, right. Cause they're genuine. I've met a lot of, you know, genuinely really good people. It's almost like the same thing with Michigan politics, like Trump being fed, not the right information of how Michigan politics yeah. are because right. Most people in my mind, you get a DeVos backing, you're running the other direction. Mm-hmm. So who's feeding Trump well, all this information? My personal opinion is he chose Dixon, especially at the last hour. And I say he, but whatever it was, because right. he, they knew that she was going to win. And they wanted to pick a winner and get on that team. 
they they had information. They knew something. Something was up, and that's why it was the last second. Otherwise, they would have done it earlier. Why didn't they do it earlier? Why'd they wait till the last second? But wouldn't have the poll showed if there was this poll that was taken that shown well, that's her not- in the lead, and there was one, but then. Ryan Kelly was leading like three weeks prior to that. Every poll that I saw in the last month or two before the election had Ryan Kelly lead. Every one of them. Maybe I didn't see enough of them, but I agree with you. I I don't know, but it just seems. I mean, do you think the Trump endorsement has has changed the election? I don't know if it really had being that close. Like, if you hadn't making up, that's me. If you hadn't making up your mind a week prior to the election. Because they said, what, 40-some percent still didn't even know? It's like, I don't really trust that at all. Because I knew going in. You know, I I do get frustrated with the whole Trump movement these days. Um, and I'm a Trumper. I'm Trust yeah. me, I'm a Trumper. Okay, mm-hmm. I was all about that movement. I still am because it represents anti-establishment America first. But it wasn't Trump. It was policy. And that's where well, I love right. to differentiate because people have asked me on the trail, and you've probably got that mm-hmm. too, where are you you're for Trump or are you right. against Trump? And as soon as you say you're for Trump, even Republicans, yeah. well, well then I can't vote for you. Right. Right. And and I, I have no problem saying I don't serve Trump because I don't and serve I don't. Trump. And I, I said that. Right. I said, you can't argue against his policies. Well, he's a corrupt individual. <laughs> and I'm only thinking to myself, oh, and Biden's not? I like, know, we're we're... Where did we miss that this little? Is a uh, whole different conversation. There's science, something wrong yeah. with the synapses in the brain if you gotta, <laughs> if you're trying We're to throw that vote around. For the baby killer instead. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So politics is just. Well, it's an extension, really, of your faith, is what it is. Yes. And, um, but what Trump is doing is, I, I just don't. Even in my race, I don't agree with what they did. You know, I ran against a so-called Trump-endorsed candidate, and I always wondered, well, how do you get endorsed by Trump? Because I never had the option. Right. It's the same thing as right to life. Like, well, wait, what do you mean? I'm, why am I running against a, a MAGA candidate? You know. Right. And the reality is, it was it was a it was a Matic endorsement um, because they were the gatekeepers and they were the ones sure. that that did all that. And uh, which is concerning still because there shouldn't be vice chairs of the GOP and sitting representatives getting involved in open primaries. In my opinion, I think that's an issue. No. Um, and yet that's exactly what happened. And it's it's no different. We have a county fair. The Ottawa County GOP has a booth. If somebody comes into this booth asking for information, the people working the booth aren't allowed to they can't for say, right. well, we, we back this guy. You Well, what district are you in? Oh, you're in 31st district for Senate? Okay, well, here's Roger Victory and here's Brian. That's right. Here's your two candidates. It's up to you to decide who you're going to vote for. I can't help you. Right. That's the way it should be. And yet it wasn't. And so I was I was very frustrated on that because I feel like it's the game. It's like a manipulation to people saying, hey, this is me and these other candidates are not that. Well, hold on. Says who? You know, it's the same thing with the right to life. Is Kelly and Saldano and Rinky and Reban, are they not pro-life? Yeah, you're going to tell me a pastor is not pro-life that's what i'm saying so (laughs) that's it's a politics game like we chose this person because we made a deal or whatever it was i don't know i don't care but you know as a citizen as an incumbent what or uh not an incumbent uh constituent yeah i'm sick and tired of the crap i'm sick and that's why i ran the campaign i did and it was very naive and stupid of me and i lost um but 
I'm sick of it. I'm sick of those establishment style backdoor deals, but apparently it works. So. Well, I'll tell you what, right to life's got a name now that they've got a, they've got a fix. Yeah. Cause there's a huge open sore right now that's exposed to everybody. Yeah. So hopefully they can. And I commend Steve for that, that, that was a press conference Yeah, and it was media. Mm-hmm. There was probably 20 some media there. Yep. And they were grilling him on questions. I commend him for saying and that. And he was spot on with everything that yeah. he had to say. And the question is, why aren't more people speaking out on that? Right. Because it's pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, why aren't the other legislators, why aren't the other people speaking out on that? Yep. And they should. Um, and But what you find is so many people are more interested in winning and staying in there that they lose focus of really what's right, you know, but the controversial issues are the most important issues. Right. But at the end of the day, it always seems like follow the money. Well, and that's, we're right to life. And you can't tell me DeVos and them don't deliver to right to life. Right. I'm sure they have thousands and thousands of dollars to Mm -hmm. influence. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks, Philip, for joining us. It was a good time. And uh, we'll be seeing Dave again this weekend. So appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, had a good time. I'll be seeing you soon. All right, thanks. Talk to you soon. You're listening to the Patriots Voice of Michigan. God bless.